Hello, and welcome back to Antiques Diary. Today we have a little bit more of an interesting show. Um, I've always kind of wanted to talk about political things on here, and I feel like this is kind of an interesting opportunity to, like, feed two birds with one scone, if you know what I mean. For my business law class, we have to analyze, like, a legal issue or a Supreme Court case or something. That's what I'm doing. But, um in the form of a podcast and I was like oh my god that's crazy because I already have a podcast so again feeding two birds with one scone by submitting this to my professor hello professor um and also uploading it for you all to hear so I'm sorry if this is not interesting or is like the podcast version of listening to paint dry if so I'm sorry in advance another thing I wanted to note before we do get started um Oh my god, what was that fucking accent I just did? Jesus Christ. Another thing to note before we do get started, follow the podcast, follow Antiques Diary, you know what I mean? I upload every Tuesday, except when I don't. Also, as I've mentioned, um, I just put a song out, Dry Spelled by Antique, go listen to it. Uh, I think it's really good. The last episode I did was actually me analyzing the songwriting and talking about myself, etc., and I thought it was really interesting, so I think you should go listen to it. That song kind of had a rough journey getting where it is, but I think it ended up really good. So you should listen to the song and then listen to the podcast. So Brackeen versus Holland, I assume it's Holland, H-A-A-L-A-N-D, is a Supreme Court case regarding whether or not the Indian Child Welfare Act, Welfare Act ICWA, um, is constitutional or not. The ICWA is a federal law meant to keep Indian children raised by Indian families. It was passed in the 70s to prevent Indian children from being needlessly taken from their families and raised in a foster care system that did not care about their welfare, which often led to them being abused or placed with non-native families. Children raised by Native Americans were seen as being abused more commonly because their child-raising practices were different than those of Western culture and because of cultural biases, racism, la-di-da. The ICWA recognizes the legal and political rights of Indian tribes to raise their own children the way that they feel that they should. In 2018, this law was declared unconstitutional by a federal district court in Texas, you know, Texas, claiming to have the best interests of Native children in mind. The case was appealed to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. In January 2019, hundreds of tribal nations, organizations, 21 different states, 30 child welfare organizations filed briefs urging the Fifth Circuit to uphold the ICWA. And then a three-judge panel from the Fifth Circuit reversed the district court's decision affirming the constitutionality of the ICWA. However, the Fifth Circuit a few months later agreed to an en banc. Is it en banc? There's no way it's en banc. (laughs) I'm uh, en banc, I guess. I don't know. Um, review where the entire circuit court gets to weigh in on the decision. The en banc released a fractured decision, which I think just means they were kind of like, it was 325 pages long, and it agreed kind of, but also disagreed with some things, and was just kind of like, yeah, fractured. Um, which left the situation in a little bit of a limbo, because first of all, no one wants to read 325 pages, but also... They were kind of like, well, it's kind of constitutional, but also not really constitutional, which is not very helpful. Um, So in September 2021, the Department of Justice, Tribal Nations, Texas, and other individual plaintiffs formally asked the Supreme Court to review the decision, which it accepted in February 2022. 
It then argued the case in November 2022, but they didn't come to a decision. So I don't really know what they're like waiting for. I know it was kind of like a, it's like a split um, decision right now. Like they weren't, they obviously didn't agree or else they would have just been done with it there, I would assume. So, but I think the court is like split pretty 50-50 right now. So that kind of makes sense. I do want to note too that um, the 21 states, I think I mentioned this again later, but the, the like half of states that are supporting this, I felt like it was noticeable that notable that it wasn't just along party lines, which I'd kind of assumed. Like there were a bunch of like Alaska supports it, Mississippi supports it, like you know what I mean? So it's not it's not like a Republican Democrat issue, apparently. I'm not really sure what lines were drawn on and why like Mississippi would support it, but Texas wouldn't support it. Like that to me is a little bit odd, but I mean, I don't know. Beyond the states taking it to the Supreme Court, I think we should talk about the most notable like personal plaintiff, which is Brackeen, which is a married couple from Texas who have fostered multiple Cherokee children. They fostered a child who they renamed Antonio for a couple years and decided to adopt him with the blessing of his mother. However, the ICWA gives precedence to native couples who are willing to adopt native children, and a native couple oven opened up, so Brackeen was denied adoption of this child and he was given to a native couple. Brackeen felt like this was unfair, so they took it to the Texas court, and then da-da-da-da-da, now here we are. So arguments for those supporting this, um, the people hoping this law will be upheld consists of hundreds of native tribes, child welfare organizations, over half of the United States, like like the states themselves, 87 different Congress people, and many, many different like native groups and organizations who all believe that the removal of the ICWA will negatively impact native children's welfare. They feel that the ICWA ensures that adoption, which can be traumatic for any child, obviously not just a native child, but particularly, I mean, in this circumstance when there's like a specific culture involved that you're removing them from, it makes it a little bit more traumatic. Um, They want to make sure that the adoption just goes as smoothly as possible, and if possible, all native children end up in native homes, which to me makes sense. Um, It considers the unique needs of Native children, because research shows that children who are connected to their identity and culture have higher academic achievement and higher self-esteem, which seems to support the ICWA. So that was the whole point of the ICWA, um, is to, you know, have success for these children. At a legal level, this case also would redefine sort of Native tribes as races instead of sovereign governments, because one of the big arguments the opposing party is using is that this is like racial discrimination in some way which isn't really legally backed because native tribes are not like they're like kind of considered races but they're also they have like their own jurisdiction like they're considered sovereign governments so implying that they're strictly races and this is race discrimination would be like a huge issue legally for a bunch of different things like it would be like a domino effect i is my understanding of it because like, if you're no longer considering these tribes to be governments with their own, like, legal pull, that's kind of a problem, you know? Talking more about the opponents, so one noteworthy thing is that the opponents of this law consist of zero Native people, no Native organizations, and no child welfare organizations, which to me, like, okay, case closed, you know what I mean? But regardless, opponents of the ICWA say that it causes Native children who were previously placed with non-native families to be ripped from these families months or years later and to be placed with native families sometimes from completely different states or tribes um and that there has been like a connection made between these families and that pulling them just to put them with native families is like 
they seem to think like, oh, that's a nice gesture, but in reality that doesn't isn't really helpful. Again, this is not supported by any native groups at all, but regardless. It also says that the law is allowing them to be placed with relatives who previously were unable to care for them just because they are native. Um, it gave like an example of someone who had been fostered and then two years later, like a, their grandmother was like given custody of them, even though previously she wasn't allowed it, but she was given precedence because she is Native American. It also says that it causes Native children to stay in foster care much longer than non-Native children, up to like, I think it said two or three times on average. A Newsweek article that I was reading that argued against ICWA says that contrary to the past, most children in foster care were placed there by their Native tribes because initially this was meant to prevent like white child welfare um, checkers, I can't think of the word, like uh, agents, from going in and just like ripping all these native children out and being like, this is child abuse. And it like definitely wasn't child abuse. Um, but Newsweek is arguing that that's not the case anymore. And that that was, you know, maybe a great thing in the seventies, but that's not the state now because 60% of native kids in foster care are placed there by a tribal agency, which to me is like, well, yeah, duh, that was the point of the law. You know what I mean? Like I would imagine there are going to be less native children placed there by, child welfare agents because that was like literally what the law was trying to prevent happening but regardless in minnesota there are 2,000 indian kids in foster homes with only 400 native homes available to place them in so opponents of this law are arguing that look we have a huge surplus of kids in foster homes that are native american and they can't be placed because the law is pushing for them to be placed in native homes which to me, like on a level, I mean, that does make sense. You know what I mean? But again, this goes back to something I just keep getting caught up on, I guess, is just that like the native people don't support that. You know what I mean? So it's it's so great that these, you know, white, I'm assuming Christian couples from Texas are like arguing for the child welfare of these kids. But like the native tribes don't want that. And I mean, also like child welfare groups are not agreeing with them. I don't know. I just, to me, I feel like this is just a hard case to argue. Even if I, I feel like anecdotally, it does kind of, I see their viewpoint. Like if you look at very specific circumstances, like, like Brecking where their kid was taken from them or whatever, but I kind of feel like it also just goes back to how some people, particularly Christians in my experience, view adoption where they see it as like some kind of like God given right, for lack of a better term to like adopt adopt a child when that's just like not at least from my perspective that's just not how adoption should be seen like it's like a adoption is like a privilege you know what I mean it should be something that you want to do because you really want to help this child out and not because you feel obligated to like a free kid if that makes any sense um like the child is a whole person you know so the fact that you, the one with about the grandma where they're like arguing that it's unfair that the kid was given back to their grandma. Like that's, that's their grandmother. It, it, to me that, that makes sense. You would give regardless of native or non-native status. It kind of makes sense that you would give some amount of precedence to wanting the child to be raised by the people that it's somehow connected to. Um, and if that means it should be raised by people who are also native American, considering how horribly native people have been treated in American history, that kind of makes sense to me. Another thing, too, is notably is that the... But yeah, overall, I feel like the Supreme Court should keep the ICWA in place. Seems like it has been working well for 50 years-ish. And that its removal would only anecdotally provide help to Native children. Whereas it seems like overall, 
it's doing what it's supposed to do by keeping children who are Native American with Native Americans. And again, I mean, I've said this a couple times, but that's what the Native people want. So I don't... And again, I mean, if we're going back to the the issue of legally defining whether a Native tribe is a race or a sovereign government, I feel like we should not be doing anything that would put that status in jeopardy. Because again, I mean, we've been so terrible to these people for hundreds of years. I feel like the least we can do is allow them to govern themselves, which is what they want, you know, and let them do what they need to do with their children. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to Antiques Diary. I doubt I'll ever talk about a Supreme Court case ever again, but maybe I will. Let me know if you thought this was super interesting. Um, Maybe I'll do more of this in the future. I don't know. Parentheses, I will not. I will be back next Tuesday in like a metaphorical sense. Make sure to stream Dry Spell, and I will see you later. Goodbye.